0: very pertinent question. He said, are you able to drink of the cup? You see, I think we'll learn more of this cup as we search further. So now let's go six chapters further into Gethsemane. In Matthew chapter 26, verses 39 through 42, it says, and he, that's Jesus, went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, oh my father, If it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples, saw them asleep, and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? He said, Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Verse 42 says, And again the second time he went away and prayed, saying, O my Father if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, but your will be done. We could spend a lot of time just on that thought. Not my will, but as you will. Because every person who's going to remain faithful to Christ through the coming crisis will have to answer that question every moment. Not as I will, but as you will. Mark, In Mark chapter 14, verse 36, he says, and he said, Abba. You know what Abba means? Father. Yeah, it means father. And so he says, Abba, father, or father, father. He says, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me nevertheless. It's not what I will, but what you will. See, Jesus in his humanity It was recoiling from knowing what was to come. He, his, his humanity did not want to go through that. It's, it's natural in us to, to want to live and want to survive. And he knew. He knew that in less than 24 hours. He's going to be laid in a tomb. He knew that. See, Jesus knew that this cup that he was, that he was getting... That's why he said take this cup away from me. He knew it was a cup of sorrow, it was a cup of anguish, a cup of suffering. And so what was in this cup that made him recoil the way he did? And I think the answer to that is in the book of Revelation chapter 14. Because the answer I believe is contained in the third angel's message. In Revelation chapter 14 verses 9 through 10 it says then a third angel followed them saying with a loud voice, if anyone Worships the beast in his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand. He himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Revelation chapter 16. You see that, that you're talking about the cup of God's indignation, his wrath against sin. Revelation chapter 16 and verse 19 says, Now the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. And great Babylon was remembered before God, to listen to this, to give her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. You see, this is why Jesus didn't want to take the cup. He knew that it held the wrath of God in it. That's why he pleaded with his father. He says, listen, if there is any other way, he knew that it held the fury of God against sin. And the Bible says he became sin for us. He who knew no sin became sin for us. You know, there's a statement in the Spirit of Prophecy that says that Jesus did not consider heaven a place to be desired while we were lost. I remember running across that about 20 years ago. And I have turned that over and over in my mind, over and over and over for the last two decades. That Jesus did not consider heaven a place to be desired while we were lost. While we could not be there with him, he didn't even want to be there. the creator did not consider heaven a place to be desired so he drank the cup zeravages says in the book, in the chapter entitled gethsemane that the cup trembled in his hands the cup trembled in his hand well there's another cup that were offered and we have a record of in scripture in fact, I believe that after studying this, that we are actually being offered two cups. We are being offered the cup of salvation, the cup of Jesus that we might partake of his life. You see, with that cup, he can fill our lives and we can live eternally with him. But there's another cup that Revelation talks about. You find that in Revelation chapter 17 and verse 4. It's talking about the harlot here. It says, the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. So here is a cup that is filled with the filthiness of her fornication. You see, we can receive, we can take the cup of Jesus where we can partake of his life, including his sufferings, or we can take the other cup we take the cup from jesus it means that we will go all the way with him just like when he took the cup it meant that he would go all the way for us revelation chapter 18 and verse 6 says render to her this is the harlot just as she rendered to you and repay her double according to her works in the cup which she has mixed mixed double for her See, Paul understood, he understood what was going on here. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 21, he said, You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and of the table of demons. So what Paul is saying here is that you can't have a divided alliance, uh, allegiance. We must be either completely on the Lord's side, and if we're not, then we're not on his side. You see, if we're not completely given to the Lord, then we really need to ask ourselves the question is, who? Then really has our hearts. So you cannot mix the sacred and the profane. It's a holy calling in which we are called, and Jesus has given us these ordinances to commemorate what he did and to show our faith in his coming back. You know, I wonder as you read history, and I'm a student of history, I, I-, I love history, but I wonder, you know, for centuries, people celebrated the Lord's Supper not having a clue that he really planned on literally coming back. It's amazing. You know, we look at that now. We say, how in the world can that be? But you realize that in the middle 1800s, Adventists were disfellowshipped. They were excommunicated from their churches just because they believed that Jesus was going to literally come back. You know, I have thought about this cup this week. Which cup are we going to accept? Which cup are we going to accept today? Are we going to accept the cup of Jesus or are we going to accept the cup of compromise? The cup that the world offers to us. I wanted to leave that thought with you as we separate to participate in the ordinance of humility because, friends, this is a choice that you and I have to make every moment of every day. We are offered these two cups all of the time. Don't think that that Babylonian cup is not held out to us every moment. Sometimes it can be held out to us in a way that can confuse us if we're not immersed in the word, if we're not really drawing close to Jesus. And if we're not really closely connected to Jesus, we can become confused as to which cup we're drinking from. If you don't think that is true, I challenge you to read the history of ancient Israel. You see, they were drinking from the cup of Babylon long before the Babylonians came and conquered them. And because they tried to mix the holy and the profane, they ended up in captivity in Babylon for 70 years. And so, my brothers and sisters, this morning, I would encourage us to take the cup from the Lord Jesus, rejoicing in the fact that he drank the cup of the wrath of God so that we don't have to. Amen. Let's pray. Father, Father, as we separate now to go to the various places where the men can serve the men, the women can serve the women. Father, I pray that if there's any hostility between any of us, that Father, we can leave those in those basins of water that when we come back here, that we're not just looking forward to, but Father, we are celebrating what you have done for us. So, Father, bless us. Go with us. I pray that as we go now to serve each other, that we may truly, truly humble ourselves, and that we come back here, that, Lord, we can sit around your table, rejoicing in the fact that your death has done everything that it can do for our salvation. Father, may we keep our eyes on you. I pray in Jesus' name.